Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts. Another podcast of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. I'm Tiny, and tonight we have a special guest, my neighbor Jen Weiss. Hi, thank you for have, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. That was Kenny Fuller of the Old Americana Band. Uh, check him out on uh, you can check him out on YouTube, and uh, he, the like I say all the time, we love that theme song, and then also. Uh, remember, uh, what any anytime you want to find us on the internet, www.scotchybourbonboys.com for all things Scotchy Bourbon Boys. We sell t-shirts and these awesome Glen Karens that we're going to be tasting whiskey out of tonight. And then also, we are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and X. Also, listen to us on all the major podcast formats, Apple, uh, iHeart, and Spotify, just to name a few. So, uh... Very excited tonight. Uh, we've we've talked about this a little bit, uh, me and Jen, because we kind of met each other on Facebook, and then uh, I think uh, we met in person for the first time when you bought some bourbon balls, yes. right? Right, and then found out how close we live together, and we've been trying to get together. Uh, you had a couple, you we've you've invited us to a couple parties right. and but you know we both kind of have family kind of things that gotta fit you know so we finally were able to I think we had to pencil this in like about <laughs> what three weeks in advance yeah. <laughs> so it worked it's like great to have you uh, so. Explain what your uh, beverage, how you consume alcoholic beverages now, you know, at this moment. What do, what do you like to drink? And, you know, because I'm calling this podcast Bourbon Conversion. Oh, okay. Very excited <laughs> to be a part of that. Well, typically, uh, I like margaritas. Actually, I love them. Or sangria has been my drink. Okay. Lately. Really, really like sangria. Yeah, you kind of have the glass that goes with the sangria and kind of, you know, a lot of times when you're posting, you're definitely relaxing and having sangria oh, yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, you're you have a great image. Uh, you, you know, you were we were talking a little bit earlier on the pre podcast that you you're working on a side business. Correct. And it, you were saying it was go ahead. Well, I made my T-shirt. Excellent. Love it. And I actually am a seamstress. I can sew anything from a wedding dress 
to a thong, and I have. Um, I can do make jewelry. I make wreaths. Anything crafty. So, so most of when you're when you're like uh, doing some of your posts and you kind of show what you're doing, you've uh, altered and adjusted it. You know, done the seamstress kind of stuff. Is that what kind of what you know you've made it so it like fits so perfect? Right. Well, I've had people come to me like that are going to weddings and need the dress, you know, taken in or whatever. I can hem it, adjust it, or I can just make a whole dress. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's uh how you post. I've I would have to say it's spectacular. It's just like uh Thank you. So, you do a lot of posts, you know, of, you know, when you're having fun and everything, but you also post a lot of cool memes or just straight up really <laughs> in your face statements. And <laughs> and, 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 and and half your half your your people uh <laughs> really understand it and the other half are like what the hell, right? <laughs> It's a toss-up, whatever. <laughs> okay, so just so you know, when I started doing this initially, uh, my wife did not, she she would actually hated whiskey. Oh. So I was doing this, I and I can, I, I would have to say initially in my, in my uh, what would you say, my lifetime, uh, my dad was a Jack Daniels drinker. So I would always try and figure out how to drink Jack Daniels without tasting it. It was the goal was to bypass the whole palate, get it down and say, I'm drinking Jack Daniels with you, you know, kind of thing. Uh, Then in the 90s, uh, Jack Daniels came out with what you call a single barrel. And a single barrel is basically they normally whiskey is made in batches. They, They call them small batches or large batches. There's no definition to either one. Okay, but for instance, a large batch of Jim Beam might be 600 barrels. So they basically take 600 barrels, blend them all together so they can consistently get the same taste. Now, whiskey leading up to probably the late 80s, early 90s, the goal, even from the 17, 18 and into the 19 and then into was for consistency. Okay. So what you put in the bottle was the same for your people all the time. They didn't uh, want uh, it to be a little bit. They didn't want. It, they wanted to keep that same flavor profile as close as it could be, and it was very difficult to do. Now, as like the eighties came around, and uh, you think technology got better, so you could consistently take all these barrels, put it together, and the way the distilling process was was there's a lot of hydraulic kind of uh and valves and relief valves and the the distiller had to on a large scale had to be hand turning these valves oh okay so if someone would forget you know it could affect how that that batch that was running uh came out so now then they stick it in the and then they stick it in age it for six years and if they find that out six seven eight nine years later Mm -hmm. well they got to have enough so that they can cover that up and make that taste the way it is. Now, small batches uh, came out in like the early 90s. They started making small batch. And that was, uh, it could be anywhere to three, two, three barrels being mixed together at a craft distillery. Okay. Or it can be 30, 60, 100. There's no actual definition of a small batch. But a small batch is something where... The flavor actually from year to year, like wine, okay. could get better or worse depending on the barrels they're using. Oh, I had no idea. Right. So a single barrel, it's just one barrel. And when you look at a barrel, like what's right there, okay. the inside, the, uh, to, for it to be bourbon, it has to be a new oak barrel and it has to be charred, which means it's oh. flame charred. And they have different levels of charring, right? And you can really get into it is that they can toast the barrel where they warm it and toast it and then char it. So the reason you char it, there's two reasons. One, when you're putting the whiskey in, um, just like a charcoal filter on your water filter, okay? It's going to take impurities out. So when it's hot, all the whiskey gets absorbed into that wood. And it goes through the charcoal. And then when it gets cool... It all dumps back into the barrel. So you're basically, when you age it five, six years, it gets really hot in Kentucky 
or in Ohio, and it sucks that in, and then when it gets cold, it puts it back out. And then the spring, it can be hot and cold a lot, so you get it going in and out. Now, the other reason why you do it is that in the wood, there's wood sugars, and and, and they call... Uh, I, I'm not even going to try and get into the chemical aspect. <laughs> okay. I've heard it enough, but I can't. I can't talk about it yet. Um, but those wood sugars are part of it. So you, so as you char it, just like you char a marshmallow or anything, you make you caramelize it. So there's the char for the filter, then there's the caramelization, and then it goes into the actual wood. So all those flavors are going in and out, and you're okay. filtering out. Some of the stuff that when you distill, that's still in there, the impurities. So, like, let's just say a bean product or whatever, they're making mass amounts of this. They need the barrel to be, you know, it's got to be aged five, six years so that it takes out any of the impurities in their massive production of it. Now, Now, like a craft distiller who's not making so much and he's using a pot still... He can control those in, those um, impurities by how he does the run. He can he basically start uh, normally big stuff is done on a co- column still, and that's just continuously always running. So they got to run twenty four seven. It just keeps running and running and running. A pot still is you put all the stuff in there, heat it up, and run a batch. Oh. And then when you're done with that batch, you take some of the stuff that came off. And put it back into the next batch because when you're so when you're uh, making like uh, corn and wheat and grain, there's acetone, which is nail polish remover there. That's all on the front end coming off those alcohols and then just like ethanol for your guests. Those are all in there. And you got to kind of burn them. You you basically turn it. You know it starts producing, and you got to wait till those are gone. Okay. And then once the they're gone, they call it. Those are called the. Um, <sighs> okay, here we go. <laughs> those are called the heads, and then there's the hearts, which is the stuff that you in the middle of the run that you use to put in the barrel. Okay. And then they call them the tails. And the tails aren't bad for you, but they have bitter taste. But some people will use a little bit of the tails, or they take it and put it all back in. And the same thing, like the cheaper alcohols that you would buy on the shelf, you're going, you can get hangovers a lot easier. That's why you get a hangover, because they've only been in the barrel for one or two, 36 months, and they were part of the huge distillate. So it give, those kind of things will actually give you a hangover. Where if you drink older whiskey, where from a from different, you know, and they're doing it a different way, you end up with, I've, there's a lot of times where I've gone too far, but the next morning I find, I feel just fine. Opposed to if I'm drinking something else. Right on. Okay. So there, there's, there's all that. Okay. (laughs) So that's the first thing. Intriguing, right? It is very interesting. So another thing about the difference between like a vodka or a rum, okay? One is you got to look at it like vodka and rum come off the still, and they just get bottled. And, yes, now we're getting tequilas in barrels and stuff like that, but overall you can just stick the tequila right in the – you don't have to put it in a barrel, just hmm. right in a bottle like Tito's and, I mean, all that. And, and that's just – that distillate doesn't have any rules because how the f- flavor goes um, – for instance, vodka can, can come off the still at 190 proof, and – 190 ABV, no, 190 proof, because, right? That's it, yes, 190 okay. proof. And you got to take it off the still at 160 proof for um, for bourbon, because between 160 and 190, you're stripping all the flavor out. And what's the oh. definition of vodka, right? No flavor, no odor, so that when you put it in a drink, you don't taste it, you taste the flavors. That's right. the whole purpose of vodka, where bourbon... And whiskey, you're always trying to get those flavors. Okay. So there you go. So what we're going to do is tonight, uh, it's really fun. I love having, um, working with women in my tastings. Because it's when uh, I first started doing some tastings, All when I come there, I'm usually bringing really popular brands that are not, um, uh, it's, it's, they're hard to get. I have a lot of that kind of whiskey. And all the women, like if it's a couple's tasting, all the women are together and they're drinking wine 
and they're drinking their drinks and they're all talking. And all the guys are just talking to me. They can't believe what I brought. Right. <laughs> but they've a lot of times they've had it before, but they're excited to drink it. But, you know, you go through the tasting thing and when you start going through the tasting, thing, you usually see the guys start talking amongst themselves. But the women, you catch their attention because how I'm about to put this through and, and present it to you is completely different than what their experience with whiskey in the past. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start out with that. Okay. I've got lots of glasses over here. And the first one we're going to start out with is this one. Um, we're going to start out with this one right here. Now, bourbon normally, the, the, the rule of bourbon is it has to be at least 50% corn and then other grains. Okay. So scotch, for instance, because it's in Scotland and uh, and I, they use malt, malted barley, because that's what grows there. They don't grow a lot of corn in Scotland, so they're not making a lot of corn. And uh, so this one right here is an awesome bottle. It's called Basil Hayden Toast. And Basil Hayden for a long time um, had the same mash bill, and it's it's what they call a bridge bourbon. Okay. But this is even better because this not only is this the similar, but they've added rice to the mash bill. Now a mash bill is the what they cook. Um, they they take um, corn. They'll take fifty one percent corn. They'll take um, wheat or rye, and in this case, it's wheat uh, rye rye wheat, and then uh, they'll take barley. And what they do is they put it all together, cook it, heat it up. Um, so it all goes together, okay. put it in a tub, cool it down, drop some yeast in there and let the yeast turn all the sugars from the corn and the barley and the, the rye. And it basically converts it all to alcohol. Huh. And then what's, no what's left is called brew, distiller's brew, beer. So it's like a beer. Okay. Like what they do. So then that's what they put into the still. Okay, okay, so this actually has rice added into that also. So it comes up with a really nice taste. Now this okay. bottle, I'm opening it fresh. I see that. There you go. And I'm going to put... Now, one of the cool things about tastings is this Glencairn glass. And I'm going to give you a little and give myself a little. So okay. that's all we are going to do a little bit of each. The goal is, because we're tasting. Right. Because if I do... Trust me, if I do more in each one. Now, there's some water there for you. Okay. And then if you don't want to drink it, um, we'll just, you can just, we'll just, just move the cup, cup you know, cup up okay. there. But this glass, now this is Basil Hayden Toast. There you go. <laughs> and this comes, this is a Jim Beam product. And um, if you look at the glass, the shape of the glass, let's put this back. Out of the way because I did that. All right. The shape of the glass is like a teardrop because this is allows you to smell it. So all those, the, all the, all it's sitting in the bottom of your glass, mm -hmm. and it's just um, releasing the ethanol and the and the the smell of it. And but what it does is it makes it brings it up to a point so that when you smell it, it's easier to smell opposed to a rocks glass. Oh. So the cool thing is. One, first thing, if you roll the whiskey around and then hold it up to the light, you can see that it sticks. That's what the viscosity of it. And then it'll. Oh, yeah. And then what happens is it'll form little droplets, and drop those droplets start to form, and it drips back into your glass. Hmm. They'll drop the droplets are called legs. Okay. So this is a little bit thinner of a whiskey. It's it's eighty proof, so it's not a high proof. And it's got has some rice. So when you smell it, you can smell at the bottom. And if you do that, but then also smell at the bottom and then go to the top of the glass. And you can bring up different smells. Oh, interesting. That's very interesting. That has a really, like, uh, I'm almost like a baked, like a bread like there's like a, I wouldn't say fresh, but it smell. It has a, a almost a yeasty bread smell to it. 
Because a lot of times you'll smell caramels and you'll smell, you know, different things. But in this case, now if you look at that, that's almost the color of beer, wouldn't you say? I would say. So this is a lighter whiskey. It's 80 proof. Um, it's a great intro, intro whiskey because the bottle, if you look at the bottle, I mean, it's cool on the shelf and everything. So, mm-hmm. and you got the nice corks and everything. So it's a great presentation. So a lot of people give this away as gifts. But it's also 80 proof. Now, most scotches are 80 proof. Most uh, Irish whiskeys are 80 proof. So this is an 80 proof. Now, bourbon is known as we go for higher proofs. But this is how you should start. Because it gives you, when you drink it, it's not going to just blow you away, burn your mouth. But So when I I take a sip to start off, you're going to just want to take a little sip because it's called the palate shock. Okay. So it's going to shock your palate because, and it's hard to taste stuff off that first sip. And especially since I haven't been drinking at all today. (laughs) Palate shock? A little bit. So that starts it off. So (laughs) you. Okay. Okay. So now this next time, what you want to do is just take a little bit and just put it on the tip of your tongue. The tip of your tongue tastes sugar. Okay. The back of your tongue tastes um, the peppery notes and that type of thing. And then what the the going down that heat, they call that a Kentucky hug. That's the warmth. So. <laughs> start sweating here in a minute. <laughs> so try it. Just what I like to do is watch. Keep it in the front and just kind of let your tip of your tongue taste the sweetness. And then once the once you're picking up the sweetness and you start to just get a little bit of a burn, then swallow through and that kind of so now this is gonna be a little bit easier for you because you've shocked your palate. I certainly that was a that. good that was a good <laughs> so that's the so that's what you so take a sip. Yeah. Not really? as bad, right? No. Uh-uh. And then it's got, what do you, what, so when people talk about flavors, I mean, you hear people get fruity pebbles, um, a lot of times uh, corn pops. There's certain flavors that while you're doing it this way, it's the fun part of picking out what's in there. I mean, when you're just drinking, you're getting the overall, but when you're tasting like this and it's a lot of fun. Um, you could pick up stuff that you recognize, but also as you go along, if you when you do this, you basically like there's an aroma kit because t- smell is a good part of drinking of tasting. Okay, so if you know what it smells like when you taste it, you know what what you're what you're tasting. So there's a lot of things that you're gonna taste that like car- people say cardamom or basil, not basil. Um, what is it? Clove. A lot of times okay. you're picking up baking spices, cinnamon. There's all different types that okay. exist in there. So you actually have to know what that tastes like. Not that everybody knows what cinnamon tastes like, but, you know, different like cassia, which is a little different form of cinnamon. If you could pick out the differences, you could. that's how they do gotcha. it. Now, when I first started, it was started because of a whiskey calendar. It was a 50% off at BAM. <laughs> I bought it. And after about two, three months, me and my uh, work co-worker, we would read the, the facts and we were just like, that's bullshit. <laughs> just straight up. That is, there is no creme brulee. And so we went and bought the bottle, right? Okay. And we're like, well, maybe you can taste it, you know? So that's what you're doing. It's not like it completely tastes, although there are some bourbons that are like so caramely. It's almost like you had a caramel, you know? Right. So, you know, there are some that really surprise you. But yeah, for the I most like part... The <laughs> yeah, but but see, once again, as you go, like, for instance, um, like, like this kind of um, women are... There's more women who taste better than men. It's a percentage. They're super tasters. So 17% of men are super tasters. And 34% of women are super tasters, okay? Okay. So a lot of people say that because women, not that that's 
the case right now because I get in trouble on this all the time. But women cook a lot more than men in the most part. Now, some men cook. We've got to specify. I'm not saying it's just a whole thing. But because they cook and and they take care of the children, their smell is heightened because taking care of small children... The, that smells can tell them if something's wrong or whatever, and they're more in tune to their senses just sure. based off of their, um, you know what you know how things go about naturally, and so if you taste that kind of stuff, it's really kind of fun because like when my when I my wife was well, I better join them. You know, how many bottles is he going to do? So, but she started realizing that she, I just go to bed and I'd have just one pour before bed and let her sip on it. And I'm still, she's way pickier because I love bourbon. She likes bourbon and she loves some bourbon, but she's overall, seriously, she's like, I don't like that. Just get that away from me. You know, see what I mean? And she can, you know, she remembers. So it's kind of cool. Um, that she was able to convert. But this is the kind of... Fu- so you could see all these different bottles. Your brother, you were saying, has bottles. Yes. So if you could, just imagine you go to your brother's one time and you hang out and you guys are like, hey, and you start tasting with him and participating. But it's like, this is like a candy store. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like there's so many... Diff- none are the same. You know what I mean? Right. Overall, they're not the same. So it's so much fun to do. And then I started a podcast and then made it a job. Love so, it. Yeah, I like it. But you. at the same time, I really have to keep it, keep those, these little pores uh. and whatever. Because <laughs> otherwise I would be in big, big trouble. So, so, all right. So cheers. Take cheers. one, take one more. So what were you tasting there? What did you pick up? I got, I get a little honey and I get a little graham cracker. You got anything like that? I could just taste sweet. I really couldn't. Okay, so you're it. not pin. Okay, so yeah, that's usually the when it, when it's a sweet that you don't pinpoint. It's on like the honeyish. Like think okay. about tea, honey in your tea, right. you know, kind of thing. All right, we'll put these over here for now. <sighs> Sec. All right. So the next one I'm going to have you do. Now that was toast. So a lot of that. Um, like that flavor that you're tasting like right now, that's called the finish. Okay. So the finishes I always felt is very important because when you're done, what's left in it, like it could be, it tastes great. And then what's left in your mouth is like this woody, oaky taste. So that can be kind of terrible. So this now is a, this is going back to the no rice. It's the classic um, Basil Hayden uh, formula. Okay? okay. But it's a 10 year. It's been aged for 10 years. Oh. So what put a lot of times putting it in the barrel for longer, instead of six or seven, you put it in for 10. Okay. It will mellow out the flavor. You know, the the alcohol content gets mellowed out. Same 60% brand new bottle. All right. Let's make sure I can do this. <laughs> No, I already got this one, right? Okay. Same thing. Well, uh, now I do, a lot of people don't like the regular expression of Basil Hayden that have been drinking for a long time. So whiskey is like food. You should, if you don't like it, like you're like, like I, you, it's you. It's what you like. Okay. So if you did this and you're like, I didn't like any of it, or you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It still comes down to what you like. But sure. if there's, like I said, there's so many of them and it's so much fun. Sometimes finding the ones you like is, oh, that's half the battle and half the fun. So this one, you're going to, now this one is picking up a little bit more caramel. It doesn't have that. Bread thing. It's okay. the same exact proof. Okay. So do, do, you know, you don't have to worry about shocking your palate at it's this point. Been, it's done. Right, right. <laughs> I get a, yeah, I get um, a little, so here's, I'm getting a, it's weird. So, <laughs> so I, I always will, t- so I'm getting 
a little caramel, a little brown sugar, but I'm almost getting a, a like a melon flavor of like cantaloupe, like a fresh cantaloupe. <laughs> and I'm just like, I briefly smelled like vanilla. I okay, that's that's that is something that that'd be in there. That's a caramelized sugars in you know how do you make vanilla vodka it's it's a, a vanilla stick in vodka and that's how people make vanilla vanilla oh. your own vanilla so this is this is this is a distillate that's been distilled at a little bit less and then it goes in there and picks up the wood sugars and you get that you know vanilla flavor okay. i'm i'm smelling that all right Ooh. Wow. All right. So, what'd you think of that? Almost went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> I have to tell you a story. That does happen. But this is 80 proof, okay? I've done it one time. I was sitting over in that chair over there and I was drinking. I, I, I've done it in front of master distillers. They're like, here, we pull it out of the barrel, taste it. And it goes down the wrong pipe. And you're like, uh, Yeah. Uh. It's going to need a second. I actually, one time, one time I was sitting in the chair. I did it. And at one point I got scared. And I was like trying to go up the stairs to tell my wife who was upstairs. And I got, I was like on my hands and knees on the stairs when it finally stopped. I was like, oh. Yeah. Did you drink it all though? <laughs> well, yeah, I did. <laughs> See, that's a little bit different. So, now did you taste the sweet or did you taste the vanilla? I tasted the vanilla. And now what do, what do you have left over right now? Do you get a little bit? So, there's a, what would you say? It's like, a, it's not peppery though. You're not getting too much, no. you don't, right? And then you got the... You got the Kentucky hug? I do. Right? And that's that's part of sitting back by the fire in the fall, getting some right. warmth and t- exactly. that type of stuff. Now, <laughs> so has it been too much or is it just like on the edge of too much as far as how hot it is uh, in your For mouth? Me, on the edge of too much. It's But it's not quite too much. No. All right. There's two. <laughs> <laughs> so this one... I like because it's another age 10. Okay. Okay. I'll set this off. Two more. If you want to, do you want some water? Should I hand you one? No, I'm fine. Okay. Thank you. Better now. I should have been quicker. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) So. All right. All right, so this one is another 10-year. So this is, um, this whiskey is Rebel Yell. Okay. And Rebel Yell was the whiskey that Billy Idol used to drink, and that's where part of Rebel Yell came from. Gotcha. Um, But what happens with that, that is a harsh, harsher whiskey. But when you take it to this 10-year, so they make it cask strength, like it just comes right out of the barrel. They make a distiller's cut where they mix it and put it together. They make the Rebel Yell, Rebel 100. They make like five or six different expressions. Okay. And then there's this, Rebel 10. Now, this particular one, let's see. It's a single barrel. And it is, let's see, where's the proof? 100 proof. So we went from 80 to 100. But I want you to try this a little more with like an open. I smell that. Oh my. I'm really sorry I wore heels. <laughs> I mean, this is, you're probably like right now at a shot, okay? I'm, I'm keeping it low. <laughs> Plus, I have a janky hip that doesn't help. <laughs> no, that doesn't. So don't drink, just drink half I'm of it. Take a sip. So, do you taste that? This one's a little bit spicier yes. back there, but 
It's just it's just like a spiciness, but not a burn, right? Yes. And that's the great thing about this Rebel Ten, because you're talking a hundred proof, and it's almost not as hot as the other one, but there's a little spice to it, right? Most definitely, yes. So if you look at the color of that one, you got more. You can see it's not as it's a little bit darker. It's not as uh, yellow orange as the Basil Hayden, right? So that's the that's cool, and we're gonna. So that's what I wanted to. You, go, you when it's higher proof, it doesn't mean it has to be hotter. Now there's some ones that are just really hot, but at the same time, I find that as we keep going, you're going to be like liking the higher proof because the taste is there. Now this one I didn't give you a taste. The next one we're gonna go. Is you're gonna leave that yeah, one? Yeah, I'm gonna yep. leave that one. I haven't done whiskey in oh no thirty some years. So no, that is fine. <laughs> I will do this for you because there's two really good ones, but this next one. Now this one is one that I was able to do a podcast with, and it's called I Bourbon. Pretty cool bottle right with a big eye and whatever now i believe this one is 90 proof so we went down a little bit okay but this is what the guy says should be whiskey for everyone oh okay now this particular one let's just make sure all right this particular one at 90 proof um when i when i first opened it it was um when I first opened it, um, it didn't taste good. Oh. But whiskey does that. Okay. But then the next day after I opened it and it aired out, it w- it got better and better. But I haven't revisited <laughs> in about a year and a half. Okay. So we're going to do that right now. So, hot? Oh, no. Spicy? Just got away from me again. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. Ooh. Water? <laughs> no, I'm a trooper. She's just <laughs> so that was too much. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if whiskey's my thing, but I thought you know what? No, it's been 30 keep trying. Years of so, world. yes. <laughs> All right. So there we go with I bourbon. Now I pick up a little bit of caramel and a little bit. There's some fruit in there, like a almost an apricot. Now what this guy does. He doesn't distill it. He buys it and mm-hmm. blends it and then has someone bottle it for him. Oh, okay. And that's a thing you can do. You can make your own brand. You can go out there and buy barrels that are for sale on the market, right? Mm-hmm. And then make your own brand. Let's put that over there. Okay. We're doing good. So this one is going to be the last one that you taste before I make you a, a really good drink. That hey, I've been dying to try the old-fashioned. Yes, and that's going to be fun. But this particular one that we're going to make is Booker's. And Booker's is a very fancy bottle. It was made. And this is bourbon straight from the barrel. Okay. I picked this up at the, their distillery. This is their newest thing. It's called Kentucky Tea. Okay. Comes in this great box. It has all these, you know, a description of what it is, why it's called that. Everyone has a different label. They do four to five, but lately it's just been four um, batches a year. Okay. So it's a collector's thing. Aha. Uh-huh. If you look behind me, I have I a lot of the years. I see that. Now, I have not tasted this one yet, so I'm opening that and hoping. Now, this is, I want you just to sip. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Because now we are getting into, I believe, let's see, 126.5 proof. Is that all? That's it. <laughs> All right. But do this with for this. <laughs> do this do this with open an open mind because I find that 
Now I'm going to pour myself a little more because I like this. This is one of the things that I, so because this is like drinking, this is like taking the barrel, emptying it into a bottle. It's called uncut and unfiltered. So they don't even filter it. So there's going to be like if you drink this and leave some in the bottom mm-hmm. of your glass the next day and it dries up, you're gonna you can see all the sediment from the gotcha. barrel. Okay. But these barrels, these batches, and these barrels are hand picked by the the master distiller at Jim Beam, Fred No. He basically hmm. picks them and then. Puts them all together, makes his batch, and go. Now look at the color on how much browner that is. That's because this has been in the barrel for seven years, and it's just not been watered down. Okay. All right, so sip. No, <laughs> no, no, don't drink. Let's smell it. That's gross. So I pick up, there's like a, a nuttiness to it. Do you, do you, can you smell that? Along with a little bit of caramel. I smell the caramel. But on the, and now take off and smell towards it. I smell the caramel at the top. Because there, it's known for like the caramel. This a lot of times it's like caramel pe- with peanuts. You know that's a Jim Beam kind of thing. Oh. So, okay. but now I'm serious. Yeah, I am Sip. Like little... Just taste with the tip. Now this one. You, you're tasting everywhere, right? It's you, not bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so, I'm just telling you that that's exactly what happens. You would think that that 80 proof for you would be like, that would have been the one that... But this one is the one that I find when I give... Uh, females whiskey that they like this and so this is where the whole conversation at a tasting goes crazy they're like what that's i thought 126.5 proof you would kill me and they're like this is delicious and then and then the guys are all now talking amongst themselves and they're done they've done the tasting and they're like can you give me more of that So no, that's very good. Yeah, I mean, I'll taste one more sip, and then because now that that there's still a palate shock with that, but that's the one that's that got me. So good. so now you found one you liked, right? Yes. So how you drink this isn't have a bunch of friends over and do shots. It's a it's a it's a, it's a this bottle at the distillery is one fifteen. And then in the store, probably about ninety nine ninety nine. Probably oh. the distilleries charge a little more. Okay, but they haven't even released. I haven't even seen this in Ohio yet. And I was down this weekend, and I stopped in, and that it was there. Oh, okay. So these are the kind of fun things about it because you found one that you'd like, but this is great for you sip, and then you go on with the rest of your evening. You know, okay. it's relaxing. These are the kind of things like if you had a rough day, you just. Sit down. It's relaxing. And right on. it's not going to mess you up because they've made it so well. You're, you could get a buzz or whatever, just relax, and the next day you're not going to feel like crap. I love it. <laughs> right. So that's kind of like what I the, the whole thing of what I was trying to, you know, I took you through the different whiskeys, the different kind of whiskeys, and then I took you to this where you, there's, you're like sitting there going, there's no way. Right in your head. I was nervous. Yes. Yeah, but but then it wasn't. It didn't even. You know, it's just you taste a lot more now. You got to admit that hug is right there, and this is a really good one. I gotta. I, I I'll taste it because I was just paying attention. I haven't been paying attention. It's good, but I. That's very good. Now, believe it or not, very sweet, and it does taste a little bit like tea. There's an aspect of. The tea aspect in the but but it's almost like you're drinking a cold liquid, but it's hot going down, right? Yes. So there you go. All right. So let's get on to the next part now. Okay. So there's a lot of good whiskeys, and I'm gonna use this one. Oh no, 
No, I'm not. Okay. So I'm not. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to use this. So Buffalo Trace does this really cool thing. They make this. This this is on the shelf now. This is. I, I want to say 84. 84 proof itself. Okay. I didn't realize that when I bought it. Okay? All right. <laughs> so let's get a shot glass. And what they've done is they've mixed their bourbon, excuse me, and put bitters in. Okay. And all the ingredients of an old-fashioned. But then they poured it back into a X Buffalo Trace bourbon barrel. Okay. And let it sit in that bourbon barrel, the mixture, for eight months. Mm-hmm. And then they produce this. Now, this is actually on the shelf in uh, Ohio. You can go to Giant Eagle tonight or tomorrow and open. actually get this. Now, okay. it used to just be at the distillery. So I put it in there with the big ice, and it's the big ice, so it's watered it down a little. Okay. Okay. So that's what you put in there. Oh. I'm going to see. <laughs> Let me see. There should be a spoon right Yep. There's my spoon. That's going to help because then I don't have to stick my fingers <laughs> in the cherries. Now, these are brandy-infused, brandied cherries. From Michigan, where I picked them up at the cherry store up in... So I'm going to drop... Do you like cherries? Sure. These are insane. They're all... It's almost like they're already muddled. So I'm going to get that right close. I've heard that term. What is muddled? Smushed. Oh. You basically smush it. And there's a... Bartenders are good at it, but I'll put two in there. And I will mix that up. These are really good cherries. Then I have, oh, where was I putting that? I'll just put that there. I have cherry bitters. Okay. So that they've got their own, but I add two dashes of cherry bitters. And then I have what you call burnt buttermilk, which is basically burnt brown sugar. Okay. And I like to put just a little because it adds a certain flavor to it that I really like. Mix that up. But then... We are going to make a smoke. We did this on the last podcast, which was kind of fun. All right, let me see where. Very good. But this adds a smoked flavor, and I've got a smoker right here. It's awesome. It basically has this little cover. Mm -hmm. Put that there. Let me see. I'll do it this way. Well, let's see if I bend this today, because yesterday when I was trying to do it last last week on the podcast, mm-hmm. put that in there. It was doing that. Oh. So let's see. All right. So we are going to use we're going to use cherry wood. So okay. you know we got cherries and we sure. got so you just. Stick with the thing. This is the most bizarre thing. There's a screen in there, too. Okay. It's funny how this works. I haven't used it for anything else other than smoking. Okay. But but the thought has crossed my mind. All right. So I do have the lighter right here. So if you could just be kind to just push pressure on there. And I will... Like that. So you get that lit, and then you turn that on, and it smokes it in. That's fancy. Then I turn that off. Pull that out. There we go. So now we keep that right like that for a little bit. And you can see, everybody, there's a good amount of smoke in there, right? Somebody was telling me... 
you put the you put your finger over that and you flip it upside down and all the smoke goes into the thing. Oh. But I'm not willing to try that at this point. You know what I mean? We'll practice that later. Yeah, exactly. So as you know, like if you ever when you get a smoke drink, this is what you get. You, you, a lot of times they put a napkin or whatever. Mm-hmm. But let's slide this over to you. I'm gonna drink that Booker's. Sure. <laughs> You know, it's 120 proof. It's almost like it's like what you clean your hands with, right? Right. All right. So you've got that there. When you're, I would say it's probably smoked now. Okay. So just watch. Take the cover off and watch the smoke go. Get the little cool smoking, right? Love it. All right. So there it is. That's yours. So let me think. Let me know what you know. So are you a fan of amaretto? It's been a while, but I've never had a problem with this. Because I sometimes put a little bit of amaretto in there to sweeten it up. So what you could do is tell me what you think that tastes like. If you want a little bit of sweetness, you put a little amaretto in there. But you're gonna. It's really cool because you're gonna taste the actual. It, you could smell it down here right now, but that is fabulous. <laughs> there we go. That is. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> that is so good. But just know, that probably, so I initially, <laughs> I initially had no idea, because a lot of times when you're drinking flavored bourbons or you're drinking, they have flavors, okay? There's, they have, I have a vanilla, honey flavored, you know, those are all things that you can get of whiskeys. I'm not a fan of them, but they're usually lower proof, but I, w- I had one night I had, I think I did two of them. And the third one, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't realize I went to bed. <laughs> so anyways, so uh, there you go. It's like, there's a lot of different things you can do with it. And it's, and I find that a lot of the drinks now, the, because bourbon's so hot, there's so many different drinks that you could, there's a, a scotch drink called the Rusty Nail. I mean, they put bourbon in it. There's Manhattans. There's um, I'm from Wisconsin initially, and uh, um, uh, old fashioned is brandy. I mean, they were brandy old fashions, you know that type of thing. But you know now that bourbon has been so hot, it's it's pretty much now all bourbon. So can you add some of the amaretto, please? Like to try with that? Sure. Possible. Let me do that because it's right down here. Okay. That is wonderful. (laughs) Somehow I got to get to the bottom of this. All right. We'll go this way. All right. Yeah. That's good stuff, too. (laughs) Yeah, you hold that. I'll model it. I'll (laughs) put this over here. All right. But I doubt they can get on board with that. All right. I licked the spoon already, so mix. Mix. Rinse and refresh. (laughs) Yeah, that little amber. That's like a cherry kind of almond thing that gets into there. That just takes it one step better, too. Very, very good. Oh, yeah. So... All right. Um, I think. Uh, what would you say? What are you? Did it change your mind a little bit about it? Oh, about what whiskey you know can? But see, I mean, the fun part is um, there's two things about collecting whiskey. One, there's so many different flavors, and we all like it. But you know, especially you're talking about your brother. There's one thing about men is we always want what we can't have. And that's what whiskey does. It's like you can get stuff and you acquire it, but a lot of times it's just for certain people. So when you get it, you feel like a sense of accomplishment. I always put it like when I collected baseball cards or wacky packages, every year they'd release them and there'd be the one you couldn't get. Right. And now that's kind of how bourbon is. And I think they've done a really good job of marketing to us for that kind of fun. Okay. Where are we going with that? Oh, nope. I got to decline that. You know, it's funny because I have my phone 
uh, not ringing, but my computer picked it up. <laughs> so anyways, all right. So, uh, uh, you know, that's just kind of what I wanted to do with this podcast is just open your mind up to what, how much, I mean, how much fun, you know, now I'm in this because it's friendship. It's like I've met some of the greatest people in Kentucky um, and a lot of new friends. And when, as you know, when you're at this, when we're we're at this part of our lives, finding new friends is not an easy thing. No, it is not. So (laughs) he left a message. So, all right, come on, turn that off. All right, there we go. So, um, you know, and that's one thing that doing this, I've found a lot of new friends and it's through bourbon because all of us have a love of just uh, the people who make it are down home people who basically are family orientated and they're very um in touch with nature and because you're talking about corn and and you know all of the agriculture that's grown sure. and whiskey has fueled our country and paid for Things um, it paid for the Revolutionary War, it paid for the Civil War, it paid for the war the War of eighteen twelve. So every single time there was a war, they just taxed whiskey. Interesting. And so up until nineteen sixteen, when they finally decided to do an income tax, only tax that any American ever paid was through alcohol. It was oh. only an alcohol tax. So. Then when you come into um, think about prohibition, so what happened in prohibition after ten years of nineteen twenty January of nineteen twenty prohibition goes in In fact organized crime starts distributing all the whiskey that's already been made and making their own and everybody more people drank during prohibition than they did when it than when, when there wasn't prohibition but they had to hide it sure but. Think about how much corn, wheat, barley was now not being used. So the farmers stopped growing it. So leading up to the Depression, they called it the Dust Bowl. There was a drought, and they called it the Dust Bowl because all the farmland was, you know, blowing across because they weren't growing corn and wheat and rye for whiskey. Right on. So then... Prohibition ends 13 years later, okay, in 1933, and that's about the time all the stuff that they had before ran out, and the politicians couldn't get the stuff that they wanted. Oh. And then huh. and then the repeal happened. <laughs> now it makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that makes sense. So, so it's been a part of America. And that's the, that's the cool thing. And right now, spirits are part of America, too. I mean, I don't care what the government says. When you think about how much people drink and how much money they're making, they make 60% on every single bottle government does, state and federal. 40% has to be divided between the people who make it and the people who sell it. So and then they actually make a lot of money. So you always wonder when they're they're handing free money out where it's coming from. Now we know <laughs> it's mm. because just drink more and support your country. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Cheers. All right, there we go. All right. So um, it was great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Do you have a website? I do not yet. Okay. So they could find you on Facebook under. Jennifer Sutter Wise. Okay, that's great. Um, I really appreciate you coming, and this this it has been fun. (laughs) I'm I'm glad that we got together and did this. So, all right, everybody, www.scotchybourbonboys.com. Check us out there for all our apparel and all the bios on everybody. You could find uh, everything Scotchy Bourbon Boys, and then also uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and X. We're starting to push X a little bit now that it's not a little blue bird called twitter and uh also uh all the so um all the uh podcast formats so check us out there um ask uh siri ask uh alexa to play us uh, the scotchy bourbon boys and they absolutely will so until next time uh,
town. And tell them next time, good bourbon, good friends equal good times. Don't drink and drive. Drink responsibly and live your life dangerously. Little Steve-O will take us out. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts.